Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damien Christoph. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And today we have a special episode on resisted exercise, guys. It should be a fun one. We're going to build you like Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, now, I'm just going to say for the listeners out there that it's resistance exercise, not resisted. Now, resisted exercise is the exercise that you get dragged along to do. It's resistance exercise. <laughs> so it's kind of the idea of resistance exercise is to, well, to build muscle, but in doing that, you enhance your metabolism. And Brett and I and Lawrence, we love resistance exercise, not resisted exercise. I was talking about resisted exercise because people don't like to exercise. How do you drag <laughs> people to go exercise? That's what I was getting at. <laughs> I reckon we should make it really clear right from the start with this one as well is it is a resistance exercise, but it's not just about how to become a massive, huge bodybuilder, right? This is for everybody. Like us. You know, yeah, exactly. Yes. It's it's for everybody. You know, it's no matter who you are, you don't have to be, you know, wanting to be super fit. You don't have to be wanting to be bulky or muscly or, you know, one of those preening yourself in front of the mirror to be actually listening to this episode and getting something really important out of it because resistance exercise is really important for everybody. So, so let's start off talking about why resistance exercise. Like why why do we people why should we do this type of sort of exercise? And what what are the benefits? All right. Well, I'll, I'll start. So I think that uh, one of the things with resistance, not, I don't think there's enough evidence out there that actually tells us it, it, unequivocally that when you do resistance exercise, you micro tear your muscles. And when you micro tear your muscles, you get the opportunity to rebuild them. What we do know is that fibrous tissue or fiber and repair created, you know, which is, is a reaction to normal wear and tear in the body. When you tear your muscles, they get stronger because the fibrin floods the tear site and they get stronger. Now, obviously, in some people, that will create bigger, shorter muscles, whereas in other people, it will create nice, long, slender muscles, and it tends to be sex-specific. And but and I will go more into that later, because I know Brett's got a whole lot to say on this. I know Lawrence, you've got a whole lot to say on this as well. What I wanted to say is that in the work that I do with people losing weight or managing diabetes or cholesterol or staying healthy or preventing osteoporosis, the number one thing that I suggest to them is to do load-bearing, resistance-based exercise that increases your cardiovascular rate. So we're kind of getting cardio, resistance, and load-bearing exercise all in the one go, which has the ability to improve metabolism, decrease uh, your sugar levels, improve uh, nitrogen in the bloodstream, uh, which, you know, of course, repairs muscles more efficiently. Uh, we do know that when you do that, you get more oxygen to the brain. And so as a result of that, you're getting a better clarity of mind. Uh, with your heart beating faster, you're going to get better circulation of blood and better removal of waste. And so there's a whole heap of things that are, I think are absolutely fantastic. Do you reckon you could add to that list, uh, Brett? I'm not going to add heaps of things to that list. The the next one I want to talk about is your bones because resistance exercise is really super important for your bones. And I think we're starting to get a lot more aware of this now. It's starting to become a lot more, um, you know, mainstream knowledge, I guess. Um, But, you know, people often think about their bones and they think about your bones kind of like a table. You know, it's just this solid structure that's there and doesn't change. But what you need to realize about your bones is that they're constantly being resorbed and they're constantly being reformed. So they're actually really dynamic. They're living. And so what happens is if you put your bones under stress, then your body's really smart, it's really clever, and your body says, hey, this bone's under a bit of stress here. I better make sure that it's strong enough to deal with that stress. So I better actually strengthen up that bone 
um, so that it's better able to deal with these resistance exercise stresses that I'm putting it through. Um, so, you know, when we talk about bone density, we talk about, you know, osteoporosis, all of those sort of things, then it's really important to do resistance exercise as part of the, the bigger picture to keep your bones strong and healthy. Mm. And it's got to be started young. It starts young too as well. Don't have to wait until people often make the mistake that wait until later on in life. But I think if starting young, it just builds that whole trend all the way through. Well, it does, but it doesn't mean that it's too, it's ever too late because there's never no. too late. Um, and you know, people, you know, ladies who have uh, got osteoporosis, it's you know, it's not too late to go and start um, doing little squats in the park or um, lifting, you know, dumbbells while you're walking or even going for a little jog. You know, if you've got osteoporosis, and men can get osteoporosis too. It's not, it's not too late to actually reverse some of this stuff. But um, one of the hardest things to do is to rebuild muscle if you've lost it. So I, I agree with you there, Lawrence, in starting early. Um, if you can get going and get your muscles used to it, the earlier you're fit in life, the longer you stay fit for. And it's, uh, it's, and I've, I've seen that repeatedly, that when people come in, I had a girl in today who used to be a national swimmer. She was off to the uh, Barcelona Olympics. And, um, and her muscle mass, even you know, some 20 years after she stopped swimming, was absolutely incredible, and she had a blood type, um, A-type blood, which normally doesn't suggest that you'd have good amounts of muscle, but because she'd exercised so much, she'd been able to maintain it, and that's called muscle memory, and, uh, and, and you get that, and you, and you keep that if you've been fit and well and strong when you're younger, so it's good to start early, and it's really tough to put muscle back on when, once you've lost it. You can do it, but it's tougher. Well, let's define a couple of things because I know you know some people might understand what resistance exercise is, but some people might not. Like, can you guys define, Brett? Maybe define what resistance exercise is and how that's different to, say, cardiovascular exercise or you know other types of exercise, just so that people get a general idea of what that means. Yeah. Well, I mean, resistance exercise is pretty basic. You know, it's it's an exercise. I mean, as it sounds, it's an exercise that involves resistance. So it's you know pushing something, lifting something. Um, you know, something where you're working against the resistance. And this is where people often get mixed up is they think that that resistance has to be this massive stack of weights on a dumbbell, you know, and yeah. it doesn't have to be that. I mean, a resistance exercise can be as simple as something like aqua aerobics where you're actually pushing against the resistance of the water. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, right. it, can, it can be a lot more simple than people often think. And, you know, that may not be the complete spectrum of what you want to be doing to get good resistance exercise, but it can be a really good starting point perhaps if – you know, when we talked before about people who are perhaps getting a little bit older, then something like that can be a really good starting point to start reintroducing that resistance exercise. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That's why I wanted to point out because often people's mindset is just, you know, big weight. So that's great that we get that cleared up so people don't get scared off to doing that. Um, what's the difference? I mean, obviously with cardiovascular exercise, there, there isn't no resistance there. People will be saying against the ground and, and pushing off and running. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the cardiovascular exercise is much more that um, that longer endurance type exercise. Okay, so it's it's having that that tends to be the lower heart rate. Although it depends how you're doing your resistance exercise, but it tends to be the lower heart rate and the longer, uh, more endurance type activities like running, like walking, like swimming. More um, aerobic where, stuff. Yeah, yeah. They they still had they can have a resistance component to them. But it's not as intense. It's it's much more drawn out, a lighter load over a longer period of time. That's right. So the resistance exercise would be a bit more of a shorter, compact type of exercise 
to the body versus the longer endurance stuff, which is cardiovascular. But yeah. we often find that also too that you know cardiovascular exercise. People say you know cardiovascular exercise is the best exercise because you know the marathon runners or the long distance runners they should be the ones you know they're the fittest people. But we often find that that's not the case. Well, it depends on right? how you define fitness, and I think people often define fitness. Um, you know, lots of people define fitness in lots of different ways. Uh, and some people think fitness is all about cardiovascular fitness. So they, they think of like a marathon runner as being supremely fit, right? Or some people think of fitness as being all about strength. So they think of an Olympic lifter as being supremely fit. You know, in reality, I think fitness should involve all of the different facets. So, um, you know, you should be able to run, but you should also be able to lift something if you needed to. You should be able to, you know, basically deal with your environment around you and deal with the challenges that you might meet in your daily life. You should, um, you should so, be agile as well. I think that's really yeah, important. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, it's even things like, you know, if a car starts coming down the road, I need to be able to jump out of the way. You know, so you need to be agile. You need to be strong. You need to be flexible. Especially um, if it's you need to, you. you. need to have some, you know, you need to be able to do power. Um, you need to be able to do, um, you know, all of those different aspects of fitness. Um, where I've, often people will just isolate it and say, I'm really fit. But in actual fact, they're really good at one specific activity, but not, they don't have that broad range of fitness, which I think is really important if you want to have a healthy body. I think that's a great point. What you're pointing out is that also people who actually just do weights and they look great, you know, they've got the great abs and the great pecs and the bicep, just because they're strong or they look strong, they're, they're sometimes I, from as a, as a chiropractor, sometimes I find that they're actually the weakest in, in, in terms of certain body stability because they, they're so strong in those muscles but they actually don't have the ability to move quick and quickly or they actually have weak um, muscles that actually support their spine, like weak core muscles, for example. Yeah. And um, so just because they look strong, which is the opposite of what we talked about cardiovascular, doesn't mean that they're actually fit. So I think it goes right back to your definition of fitness. Yeah, and so it needs to be quality of movement, not just quantity mm. of movement. You know, it's not just about doing those isolated reps on your biceps so that your bicep looks good when you go to the nightclub that night. Right? <laughs> but it's actually, it's actually about uh, more functional movement that actually, you know, integrates the different muscles in your body so that you actually um, have a usable strength, I guess, you know, that you can use in your daily life and you can use when you meet those challenges in your life that's really important. Yeah, look, I, I definitely agree. And... You know, we, uh, you know, as a chiropractor, I find that um, you're adjusting somebody who is, I suppose, very, very fit. You would think very, very fit. They might have done a massive walk or they might have uh, done a massive run. In fact, you know, Brett, and I know that you're doing at the moment training for ultramarathons. I've met people who are doing ultramarathons as well. and um, But their muscles feel like they could just snap or just could break um, because they, they're either not they're well hydrated or they're not uh, well uh, nutriented. They haven't got enough, um, I suppose, electrolyte balance. Um, well, they're not stretching enough. And so there's that, I think, that actually forms a significant part of fitness, which is uh, you know good hydration. Uh, and that should be part of resistance as well as replenishment of nutrients like protein and, and minerals. You know, I think that's important. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the functional movements that, you know, we talked how, you know, important it is for us to move with our daily life because, you know, let's face it, we, we are in a very sedentary lifestyle and uh, people are, are getting injured. I mean, the people that come to our clinic, you know, that are getting injured is usually from the smallest things, don't you find? Like, you know, people picking up a pencil or I just bent, you know, we hear this all the time. I just bent over, my back gave out. And it's obviously not the pencil that, you know, 
that, that created the problem. It's been the years of a sedentary lifestyle or the years of lack of strength in, in, in certain areas in the core muscles or certain functional movements that actually created that problem. Let's define um, what are some of the functional movements that we should, you know, what the audience here listening to this should really focus on to create strength in those areas. Well, I, th- I think we should just start here just very quickly. I mean, obviously, the three of us are chiropractors, um, and it's important to understand that the, the, the structure underneath all of those muscles is really important too. So, so having a well-aligned spine and a well-functioning nervous system is probably the core that all these muscles need to be built on top of. Um, and if you don't do that, then you're always going to have trouble with the musculoskeletal system that you're trying to build around it. So, so getting that right is probably the first thing you want to do. Um, but then... The functional movement patterns, you know, we're talking about those sort of those core basic movements that the body should be able to do. And I think the one of the most fundamental ones is a squat. Um, and it's something, that, that. it's something that I think we used to be really good at. You know, if you were back in a caveman or perhaps if you grew up in an Eastern culture, you would actually squat a whole lot more than what we do in our Western culture mm. um, purely because you go into the bathroom. <laughs> and, and we don't do that anymore. Right? Even, in, even in Western Australia, it's the same thing, you know. <laughs> so, so, you know, it used to be that we squatted all the time and it's actually a really important activity. Um, and I remember reading an article, uh, this is a couple of years ago now, where um, someone had recommended for elderly people to learn how to squat. And, uh, and someone had said to them, well, look, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, we shouldn't be teaching these sort of complex movements to the elderly because it's too hard and it's too, um, you know, too much effort and it's too challenging for them. And they said, and their answer, which I thought was just fantastic, they said, well, you know, what happens when your elderly, elderly grandma goes and gets her groceries, right? And she carries them from the car to the front door and she puts her groceries down to unlock the front door. What does she do next, right? How does she pick up the groceries? Right? Mm-hmm. And, and the answer, of course, is she has to do a squat. That's so it's right. like, well, okay, she's going to have to do it. Why don't we teach her how to do it right and, and build her up so that she can actually do it without injuring herself? So I think probably one of the core ones is a squat, but there's a whole bunch of others. Damo, you probably want to add a few to that? Well, I just want to speak a bit more about the squat. One of the great things that we notice that in a squat, one of the muscles that we use a lot in the shin is called the anterior tibialis muscle. And that particular muscle is the number one muscle that prevents uh, falling injuries in the elderly. And so the first muscle to waste in the body is in fact the anterior tibialis and the reason why um, elderly people 90% of the time fall over is because of loss of muscle strength in the anterior tibialis in which a squat actually builds up. So there is a great, I think, plausible um, evidence and, and reason to teach people to do a squat properly because that anterior tibialis is so important because we know that if you do have a fall as you're a bit older, um, if you do break a bone, especially a hip, um, then that's that's almost good night Irene. So you've got to be, you know, strong in the legs. I think that's important. Yeah. Well, the stats show that for people over the age of sixty, falls the leading cause of death. Yeah. It's an incredible statistic when you think about it. That just the simple act of falling over can be so dangerous. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, and so, sorry, you go, mate. Yeah, so, so there's a whole bunch of other complex activities that I think are really essential. So squats are really good. Um, you know, things like lunges are really fantastic for that. Once again, using the legs and, and building up. And you, you tend to be, when you start doing these complex activities, you're not just working on the muscles, but you're working on getting the right groups of muscles firing at the same time. Um, you're also, as Damien mentioned earlier, you can kind of add a bit of a cardiovascular component to it because you're getting your heart rate up and you're starting to work. 
Um, so the complex activities like that I think are fantastic. Um, so, you know, sit-ups are really good as long as you're doing it in, with the right technique. Um, push-ups are really good. Um, dips, you know, all of those sort of more complex whole body activities I think are just fantastic to get that functional resistance exercise into your body. Yeah, I agree. I think um, using your body weight as uh, one of your, your first points of resistance is is one of the best things that you could do. And the elastic band strategies that you know a lot of people use, you know, using those exercise bands, yeah. I think is great because you know if you're not strong enough to be able to hold up your own body weight with a push up or to be able to uh, do a chin up on a bar, if you can't do those sorts of movements, then the elastic bands are a great introduction to resistance. And uh, you can pick up these elastic bands for like 15 bucks from a, from a sports store and you can graduate the elastic band to be uh, increased resistance as you get stronger. And I think it's really important that when you start out that you uh, condition your ligaments, you condition uh, the tendons to be able to handle this extra load because you can do serious damage. You could, in fact, pull a tendon um, or a ligament off the muscle or off the bone and that's disastrous. So start light, start with high repetition with light resistance um, and then build up to high resistance later on so you don't do injuries. Um, but, you know, you want to get to a point where you can at least lift your own body weight and then you know that at least your body's fit enough to help you out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I kind of look at functional movements as almost from based from like how cavemen used to to move, right? If we can think of some of the movements that those guys, you know, had to function in their daily life. I mean, a squat was there, you know, for for them to lift things like lifting rocks and moving things and making fire. You know, uh, a lunge is the same thing as to get down and pick up the animal and put him over your shoulder. Um, you know, it's even th- no. I mean, seriously, it, it is. It's one no, of those. I was just thought yeah. of Brett, you know, and you know, <laughs> Beck, you know. Actually, I thought of him, you know, Bex. It's time. Let's off we go. <laughs> Pick it up. Put it on my shoulder now. <laughs> just drag it back to my cave here yeah. again, mate. That's yeah, right. That's <laughs> but you're absolutely right, Lawrence. Even you know, dancing. You know, having the flexibility to be picking fruit to be. Um, you know, collecting, foraging, you know, all of those sort of things that were just an absolute normal daily activity that yeah. they would have had to do pretty much all day, every day, um, that we just don't do anymore because we live such sedentary lives. We're really missing out on that sort of resistance exercise that would have been just such a natural part of daily life that, you know, basically if you didn't do it, you didn't survive. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, pushing, I mean, pushing and pulling. I mean, you know, like, you know, pushing rocks or pulling. And in our daily life, it's pushing op- doors open or pulling a door open. You know, like those are your chest muscles and your back yeah. muscles. Yeah. I mean, those are simple things we don't think about. We take it for granted. But those are simple movements that we do every day that we yes. don't realize that we do. Um, yeah. I know another one would be throwing. You know, it would be, you know, like, for example, cavemen would have to throw a spear, wouldn't they? You know, so the movement of the shoulder, the ability to actually move that full range of motion. I mean, how many people do we see now with uh, so many shoulder problems, you know, coming in with, 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 with shoulder issues? Because the reason why is because we end up being in a sedentary life sitting in front of a computer with, with our shoulders rolled forward all the time and the shoulders ro- you know, drop forward. We don't, you know, no one, and all the guys, I know this is one of the things I see all the time, that guys love to, you know, build up their chest, right? We want to be yeah. big Arnold Schwarzenegger chest. So we go and especially when they're young what they want to do is get on the bench press and start pumping up these um uh, all the chest muscles but they never develop their back muscles yeah you know and the shoulders roll forward and they just look like this like a, a man which is like big Amazing. chest but they're just eight man yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. you yeah. see it all the time and so it's really important when you're thinking about your exercise to, to try and get some balance into it 
So, and by that, I mean you need to have a balance of activities. So between, you know, perhaps a balance between your resistance and your cardio and your flexibility is really important. Um, but also having a balance between, say, working on the front of your chest and then working on your back as well. You know, you need to balance that out so that you're not working just on one side at the expense of the other because uh, that's just going to throw your body out of whack. So it's well, that's really one of the important. great things of doing a push-up, mate, isn't it, that you're getting both a back exercise and a chest exercise. Yeah. Uh, push-ups are great like that. You get the triceps working out, the biceps working out, your forearms working out. Everything works out there. Your core yep. is established, you know. So you've got to keep your abs on. That means your lower back is also engaged. Your glute maximus and your glute medius is engaged. Um, you will tend to find that you're, um, you're engaging your lower um, th- um, shin muscles as well in stabilizing your feet. So, you know, yep. a push-up like a proper push-up, is, is very, very good for you. And so if you can't do a proper push-up, then do it on an incline, incline on the, on the wall. If, you can't, if, you, if, you, if you've graduated past that, but you still can't do a proper push-up, then do it on your knees. Um, but, you know, work your way up to be able to at least establish the strength in your shoulders, across your chest and on your back that you can hold your own body weight and, you know, get, punch out 10 or 15 of them pretty easily without being too puffed and, and you know you are on the way to being, you know, fit and well. And, and what you're explaining there is really the difference between, say, doing a push-up and doing a bench press, yes. right? Because you're lying flat on your back on the bench and all you're doing is pushing up, then you're using so many less muscles and it's so much less functional and you're so much less of a, move, you know, a whole body movement pattern. And that's why that push-up is so good. And you know, even if you get to the stage where doing ordinary push-ups is kind of easy for you, you can actually use that band that you spoke about before, put that across the back of your shoulders, and you can actually add even more resistance to your push-up to, to, you know, to keep working that out. So you know, for those guys who are thinking, yeah, but you know, I can do my bench press and I can lift more weight than I would doing a push-up, well, you can still vary it and do that as well. Yeah, yeah and I think what you guys are highlighting here is the, one of the key points is for people to understand is that it's a graded thing. Like these function movements are the typical function movements that you need for daily life and which means that you can grade up or down or scale it up or down depending on your your needs and your ability to do those exercises. You know, so if you need more resistance and need more strength, you you would just change your exercise a little bit or change the way you do it. You know, what Damien just talked about uh, with the push-up. And if you felt like, you know, a push-up was too strong, you just grade it down. So there's varying ways of doing the same movement but using different types of things. And, you know, everybody's listening to this can be different, um, have different mobility and different functionality based on uh, of their age and, and, and their ability to do these exercises. So it's important that you realize that you don't, there's many ways of doing the same thing. And it doesn't always have to be just weights. Absolutely. And I think when you're first starting out, it's a really good idea to get some help with that. Um, you know, firstly, to get some help with grading the exercises of you know, what is actually right for you and how much you should be pushing yourself and, and how to stagger that and gradually improve it. Uh, but probably even more importantly, particularly when we're talking about these more complex movements, is actually getting some help to make sure you've got your technique right, to make sure you're actually doing the exercise with the right posture, to make sure you're activating the right muscles. Yeah. Um, because that's so important to, to, uh, to getting the full benefit out of the exercise but also to avoiding injuries later on as well is making sure you're actually learning the right movement patterns and doing it the right way because it's really easy to sort of get into bad habits and start recruiting different muscles and, um, you know, to get into some quite bad movement patterns if, you're not, if you don't have that, um, that little bit of help and often have somebody else kind of looking at you because it's often hard to see on yourself as well. Mm. Well, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I'll be first one to admit that, you know, I've been working off for, you know, pr- for a long time. And, 
you know, probably 15, 20 years. And I know that I, I recruited a personal trainer probably about, you know, four years ago. And I realized that, you know, and I'm sure anybody who's ever done weights, you kind of cheat, <laughs> you know, you, when you yep. do things that are a little bit harder, you kind of cheat to make sure you, you know, just get that weight up. And you start to realize that you're actually not doing the movement properly. You're not getting the full benefit and having someone there watching you, guiding you just makes a huge difference. It's no different than, you know, if you play golf and actually have a coach to just teach you how to play you know, golf, just a little tweak can really make, you know, a, a huge difference in your game. And a personal trainer, I love personal training, is that they have the expertise and they're watching you, but also they actually do some of the thinking for you. Because sometimes, you know, you, you go in there and working out, they can just tell you what to do, do the movement properly, and actually just perform. And they're just sort of just going out and doing the exercise rather than have to think about what I'm going to need to do next. And you waste a lot of time just trying to figure that out sometimes. That's true. That's true. And it is important to exercise groups of muscles now in one go and then give them a bit of a break. And so the whole idea, and I suppose you know, many people, uh, you guys will find this, they, they complain about being sore after exercising and oh, that's called delayed onset muscle stress or strain. And, uh, and that DOMS should set in about you know, one to two days, probably usually two days later be at its max. But some people may, will have that lasting three or four days and that actually probably means that you went too hard. Um, the point that I was trying to make uh, before I jumped into that was that um, it's it's important to exercise uh, muscles that are complementary as opposed to muscles that are in opposition. And so it's good to do your chest and your back because they work together in stabilizing your core. It has been said in the past that you wouldn't do chest and back on the same day. You might do chest and tri- and by or and, and triceps or something or back and biceps. Um, but the problem with doing that is that you're isolating muscle groups that um, then essentially don't complement each other. You want to do exercises together that complement regions. And I think that's really, really important. And Brett, perhaps with the exercise, because you do CrossFit, is that right, Brett? Yeah, I do some CrossFit, which is great. Um, And it it takes in a lot of this stuff we've been talking about, about those functional exercises. Because the point of what you're making there, Damien, is that when you actually do something in your daily life, you're going to use those muscles together. Um, And so you're going to be activating those at the same time, whatever it is. Um, you know, whether it's you're jumping over a log or whether it's you're, you know, lifting up a box at work or whatever it happens to be, you're using those groups of muscles together. So it makes sense that you want to train for that. You know, you want to prepare for what you're actually going to be doing. Yes. Um, and so, so if you're just training by purely isolating muscles, well, you know, how often do you sit, lie down, flat on your back with a weight above your chest and try and push it straight up in the air. <laughs> when, you, when you're not actually at a, at a weight bench, you're, you never actually do that in your life basically ever, maybe sometimes when you're playing with the kids, but, but very, very rarely. Um, so, you know, you, you don't necessarily need to train for that. You need to train for those more complex movements um, because you, you're not training for the sake of training. You're not training to look good. You're not training, you know, you're training so that you're healthy and so that you can deal with the challenges you get as you go through life. You're talking about combination of movements, right? That's what, that's what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Combination and, and those more complex movements. So, yeah. you know, I think, you know, getting away from the machines and getting more towards those complex movements um, is a really beneficial thing to do. Mm. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. 
All right. Well, guys, I hope you. I mean, I've learned a lot just uh, from listening to these these guys, and I'm sure you have too as well. These uh, functional movements are obviously very important and have always critical in daily life. And this is what we're here to, you know, really encourage you to do is actually make sure to realize that you're in your, every single day of your life, you are actually moving your body. So therefore, you need to train for those type of exercises. Any parting words that you guys want to talk about? Uh, look, I think it's really important, again, to start slow. I think you don't want to go in there thinking you're going to get massive straight away or you're going to get super strong straight away. And, it can, you know, if you're 40 years old, you're not going to be 18 tomorrow. So you want to be making sure that uh, you start with your limits. So go easy. Just find out what's going to make your muscles sore. So don't go in there like a bull at a gate initially expecting to be able to perform like you did 10 years ago if you haven't exercised for 20. So it's um, just keep it, be sensible. Don't go and injure yourself. But at least, again, start doing something. Yeah, so I think Damien's just spoken about the importance of starting slow. Um, I think even more important than just starting slow is actually just starting, you know, actually just getting out there and, and doing something. So what I'd really like to think is that people out there listening to this call are going to make a decision right now and just pick one thing that you're going to do today or if you listen to this at night that you're going to do tomorrow um, to get started. And it might be really, really simple. It might be that you're just going to do um, five push-ups. You know, it might be that you're going to do one push-up on your knees. You know, it, it could be just something really small, really simple. But but just get started. You know, it'll be the best thing you'll do. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think my lasting tip would be: if you don't know what to do, if you don't know how to get started or where to start, call someone. Call a personal trainer. Go find someone. Get some recommendation and go and do that. Because you know, someone who's going to be guiding you uh, through the whole thing will be a great way to get started, so you don't get injured too. So that's the Wellness Guys show on resistance exercise. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damien Christoph. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. Leave us a comment on what you thought of this show and uh, tell us what you think. Take care, guys.
and that's starting. Yeah. You've, yeah. Just, got, you've just got to start. Cool. So if you're sitting here, you're listening to this, just make a decision. Right. We lost Brett there. We've lost Brett. That must be because he's uh, running a PC, I suspect. He's definitely gone, hasn't he? Lawrence? 